Good afternoon, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, it's David Warner. I'm the editor-in-chief of DuPont Registry Tampa Bay, and this is the latest episode of Tampa Bay Talks. Uh, uh, Tom DuPont, our fearless leader, is uh, in somewhere in the mountains of North Carolina, so I'm on my own here today, and I have a fantastic guest, Scott Johnson, from, and I have to ask you, uh, uh, Scott, um, whether it's spouses watching houses or spouses watching houses. Either is acceptable. Either is acceptable. Yep. Well, uh, Scott, hello, Scott. Welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. We should establish that um, although it's really um, uh, effective, his background is not really where he is, but it kind of looks like the place, the kinds of places he's, where he spends a lot of time because he is, in fact, a spouse who watches houses. But if there's a lot more to it than that, I think you could probably write a book about what you have um, done and found out and places you've been, except you can't name any names. But sure. that being said, can you explain what, um, it's a home watch service. So can Correct. you explain what that means? Yeah, so home watch is, um, you know, primarily for uh, second or third home or even vacation homeowners. Um, and basically it's kind of a, you know, the old concept of a caretaker, um, that's kind of morphed into, instead of it being a full-time person, um, it's a weekly service thing. And that's kind of wrapped up with being a handyman, um, a concierge service and a valet service all in one. And, you know, back in the old days, you had a caretaker, he lived on the property. Um, you know, everybody harkens back to the guy with the, the, uh, the lamp at night uh, uh, that lived on the property, right. uh, kind of sketchy looking guy. Well, um, <laughs> that's turned into more of a service offering of a weekly service. So the, the costs have come way down. You know, it used to be a salaried guy that kind of lived with the family. Um, now it's a weekly offering. And so much like the lawn guy or the pool guy, I have X amount of customers and every week I have to visit all of those customers. Uh, and so every week it kind of resets and, you know, and this is primarily for people who have second or third vacation homes. They're Correct. not in their homes, and you're there to keep an eye to, to watch the houses. Correct. Yep. But there's I do a have lot a couple of customers. To, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, Florida I mean, is really where this industry just kind of broke open. Yeah. You, you talk about some customers just want the basics, but some want full custom concierge. What does that entail? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, every customer is different. Every house is different. Every property is different. Some just want us to come through and, you know, make sure their appliances are running, the AC is running, the doors are locked, nobody's broken a window. Um, some want us to drive their cars. Um, there's golf carts all over the place. They need charging. They need to be driven. Um, I've got customers that um, they come down for um, the winter, you know, our gorgeous winters down here, um, and they bring boats with them. And the boats that they have for tenders, they leave here. And I take them out of the water and go get them put away for hurricane seasons. They're on land and wrapped up and protected and all that. So it really kind of runs the gamut of whatever they need. Um, if I can't do it, I'll find somebody that can. And um, you're there for emergencies and things too. I mean, uh, water leaks, bugs. Absolutely. I, hurricane season's coming up. So when a when a hurricane's coming around and they're not here, do you? have to go around all these properties and board up all I do. I do. And, you know, the first thing I do when I sign up a new customer is um, we we create a hurricane plan for, for that house. 
Um, you know, as I said, all the houses are different. Some have vast amounts of full furniture. Um, and all of that has to go somewhere. Um, so when we're about a week out, we, you know, start seeing the cone of uncertainty of where it's going to go. We get into action and we will first send out an email saying, hey, this is something to pay attention to. Um, and then I give them the initial option of right then, would you like me to hurricane prep your house or do you want to wait until uh, we kind of know more of where it's going? Um, and then, you know, the three day window is the absolute cutoff. We, if they've uh, wanted us to prep the house, which almost everyone does. Um, at that point, three days out, everyone's wrapped up, buttoned up, and then I work on my own home. That must give these um, homeowners an immense amount of feeling of security, I would think. It that absolutely does, and that's probably the one thing that I hear most is that, that it just gives them peace of mind. They're yeah. able to relax. They don't have to stress about the house. Um, I send lots of pictures so they see it with their own eyes, um, keeping them updated constantly. Um, and, you know, when they get here, they can enjoy the house. They don't have to stress out about trying to get all of the little errands because, you know, houses are a living thing. They, they have to have constant upkeep. Things break all the time. And if you're, if it's a vacation home, you want to go there to relax and you show up in the fridge, quit working. Well, now you got to deal with that nightmare. Mm. Um, so they, they don't have that with me. I take care of that stuff for them so that when they get here, they just enjoy their place. When they're done, they pack their bags and leave and I put everything away and get it all buttoned up until their next visit. You even stock the fridge before they arrive. I do. I do. Yeah, absolutely. They'll send me a grocery list. Oh, great. Uh, and kind of like, uh, you know, with the coronavirus, a lot of people are using those services now. Well, I kind of did that service, um, you know, only for my customers, but it's very similar to um, uh, Instacart or something like that. They would email me a list. I go pick up everything they need. I put it away, um, get everything prepped at the house. Um, I mean, I get fresh pineapples and cut them up and get those prepped. And, you know, wow. I've got several recipes that I make for, for a couple of customers. And Really? Uh, you do cooking? Yeah. Oh, well, not cooking, but I, I you know, if they want a, a yeah. uh, special type of drink with this, uh -huh. uh, you know, special fruit, then I prep that so it's been soaking for a couple of days before they get there. And lots of unique things like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of unique, this is where I think your book probably will come from. You've had a number of unique problems you've had to solve. And uh, I, I'll just go through some of them. We'll get to the man with a missing arm eventually. That was sure. Sure. But uh, you talked about there was a bug in a plant that was um, making a noise remarkably similar to a fire alarm. Uh, that, Correct. Yeah, the, the chirp of the, you know, when the battery goes bad in your, in your smoke alarm, uh, you know, everybody knows that sound and it always happens at two o'clock in the morning and it's always in a 10 foot ceiling. So you got to go get the ladder. Well, she called me and said, I think my smoke detectors are going bad. And I had just done the batteries because this was a new customer. Um, they had just gotten in the house. We didn't know what the age of them were. So, you know, change them all at once. You know where they're at, your level setting. Well, she described this chirp and it almost sounded like an appliance was making the sound. And over the course of three days, almost four days, I'd get a little more information and it turned out that there was some weird bug that was living in a live plant that she had brought in from her garden. And as she would get close to it, it would notice she was there and it wouldn't chirp. But as soon as she left the room, it would chirp again. 
So she actually was the one that discovered it was a bug. I was just on the phone trying to troubleshoot. Um, but that was, that was very unique. Well, and then there was the gecko that actually did start a trip. Uh, did it yep, trip? A um, no, it was uh, the uh, home security system. Oh. Uh, so ADT kept showing up. And, you know, I'm sure people are, that have alarm systems are familiar with ADT and that, you know, if you've got your system set up so that it notifies the police, the police will come out. Well, if they come out and it's a false alarm, they charge you 50 to 70 bucks per visit. Um, and so that kind of gets expensive. And this had gone on for about a, almost a week. And he finally said, you know what, let's just go through everything and figure out what's happening. Um, I went through it with a fine tooth comb, took every little connector apart. And finally, on one of the windows found there was a, uh, so it's uh, about the size of a cigarette lighter, one of these things that, that lives on top of the window. And that's the sensor. Well, this had a little hole in the end of it. And a baby gecko either was birthed in there or somehow crawled into it. And inside of that sensor, there's a little wire ring, and that is the tamper sensor. That kept going off every time he would crawl across it. So we sealed that up, got rid of him, and the problem went away. Amazing. And now uh, you really have to tell the story about the missing arm. This, this, yeah. I, I have many questions about this story, but you, you tell it. Sure. Sure. So that was, um, I had, I had just signed this customer. In fact, they, they hired me without meeting me, um, through a realtor. Um, and I had yet to, to get eyes on them. So I didn't know anything about them. I, I knew it was a couple. That's all I knew. I knew they lived, you know, up in Connecticut full time. And so one day about maybe two to three months into my relationship with this family, um, I got a phone call that said, Hey, we need you to go get Andy's arm. <laughs> and I, without knowing them, go get Andy's arm. That was I the, was like, yeah. well, maybe they're playing with me. Maybe this is a test or something. I really, this just came out of left field. <laughs> so I played along. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, where would I find this? And uh, yeah, they're like, well, go look in the car. They have a car that they leave here and they drove it down loaded with all their stuff that they needed. And they had a couple of bags of golf clubs in the back. And they said, well, go look in there. So here I am tearing through their golf clubs looking for what I think is an arm, but it was just a prosthetic attachment. They didn't tell me this. Oh. They forgot that I hadn't met Andy. I didn't know what it looked like. Uh, so I found it, shipped it out. They were going skiing in Utah. And uh, now that this, was, that this was is one my for question. Do, does he have, how could you travel away from the home and forget your arm? His arms for different occasions? I mean, this well, is like yeah, he had different arm. attachments. He had oh. different attachments for depending on what he did. He was a he was an Olympic sailor, and wow. so when he was sailing, he had a different attachment. When he was golfing, it was a totally different attachment. Um, and then just every day, he didn't he didn't wear anything. He just kind of sewed up his sleeve, and so you you know he wouldn't have anything when he left the house. But to go skiing, he needed something unique, and I'd never seen it. So yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Great couple though, loved them. Yeah, that's that's a. Great story. And then, then you had the birds who were attacking the windows because they thought they were being threatened by the Yep. yep. They, I don't know if they saw the reflection of themselves from the pool behind them or just in the glass, uh, but they kept pecking at the glass. Um, that was setting off. This is kind of right next to where the lizard Oops. house was uh, on the same street on Brightwaters. And um, he kept setting off the alarm system. 
they thought somebody was trying to tamper with the window or break in. And every time I would go there, it's, it's locked up. I'm, I'm explaining to the homeowner, there's nothing wrong here. I don't see anything going on. And as soon as I'm about to leave the house, I hear this whack and I run back and there's a bird staying, staring angrily at me through the window. And I finally put it together. This is what's happening. How did you fix that? Um, he just went away. Oh yeah. He just, I guess, uh, after looking at himself enough times and realizing it wasn't something biting back and his beak probably started hurting, <laughs> he just decided, okay, I've had enough of it. I was, was it? going to put some tape or, you know, they have the bird stickers you can put on, on big glass windows so they don't fly into it. So that was what was next, but we never had to go there. What, what, what was it? A big tropical bird or a, no, it was a, um, what do they call it? A sandhill crane. Oh, they're, you know, they stand three and yeah. a half, four feet tall. Yeah. Large bird. Yeah. That could hurt and him. He so. could have, he, he could have broken that glass pretty easily too. <laughs> well now, um, tell us how you got into this, um, this business because you were in it for many years. You, uh, grew up an oh. army brat, got your, uh, Microsoft uh, certified systems engineer license. And you were in that it field for a couple of more than two decades. So yep. how did it morph into, uh, this so interestingly enough, I had uh, owned three properties at the time, and m my parents, they're reverse snowboards, snowbirds. They live uh, up in Oldsmar, but to get away from the summer heat, they go to Michigan for the summers. And so I was taking care of their place as well. So I have my own home, two rental properties that I'm constantly you know, keeping up after and taking care of my parents' place. And a guy that I knew from college, one of my closest, longest friends uh, up in the Panhandle in the Destin area, had bought a business and he told me what the business was. And I said, wait a minute, I'm already doing this. You're getting paid to do this. He described the business model and I went, well, I'm already doing this. So I, it was literally three months, four months later, I was in business and um, very soon had my first customer. And that was almost six years ago. And uh, how do you market this? Because I, I, a good question you raised in the notes you sent me is, um, how do you market to people that are never here? It's a big challenge. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my demographic is a, is a second or vacation homeowner. They're not here. Uh, they may come down three, three weeks out of the year um, altogether. And that's not at one time. So uh, it's, it's really been uh, a challenge for me to, to figure out how to get to the, to the folks. Um, and I've realized that, um, it's a unique market because we're dealing with multi-million dollar homes. Um, so it's not every realtor that you talk to. In fact, it's a very small percentage of realtors that you talk to that deal with this, this customer as well. And so I started to get in with um, a couple of the high end realty, um, realty brokers. And that's kind of been my best out uh, Avenue. I've, I've done everything under the sun, um, direct mail, online marketing, all of that thing. Um, but what I found works best is me going door to door and putting my special little, you know, five by seven card on their door, uh, and making, um, connections with the realtors. That's really kind of been what's, um, what's worked the most. And then of course, advertising in DuPont Registry, Tampa Bay. A absolutely. On so I'm super excited for this. <laughs> um, but I think what must power your success is the level of trust that you can instill in your clients. And then that Absolutely. becomes word of mouth. And I think it's interesting that you 
at one point in your life, I don't know if you still have uh, a, a DO, uh, Department of Defense top secret security clearance. I do. I have a, an active top secret oh, SCI, active? which uh, the top secret SCI is about the highest you can go. They have one higher for civilians, and that's an SCI with a polygraph lie detector test. Oh. Um, so I do have that active. Um, I've do, been doing consulting for the POW MIA agency. And um, huh. so, you know, that process alone, you get the most stringent background check you can. Um, that's done by a combination of the Secret Service and the FBI. Um, so when I tell customers I have a background check, I give them this additional information in that um, I've got the best background check you can have. Um, yeah. So that gives them a little bit of peace of mind in, in just, you know, initial meet with them. But then it, you know, it, it, uh, it only takes a couple of weeks of, of um, you know, just really getting after their, their primary concerns and knocking out those, those um, issues that have been pestering them for so long. And then within a couple of weeks, they're like, unbelievable. I can't, I'm so grateful that I found you. Um, and it really just, it bodes for what the service is about, which is giving them peace of mind. Um, yeah. It's invaluable. And so how does your week progress? I mean, you have a, a limited number of homes that you can have as clients at any one time. Is that right? And they have That's to correct. But three to eight million, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really kind of, um, so they're almost all waterfront properties. I think I have two that are on the other street um, that aren't waterfront. But you know th this uh, that range kind Tampa of Bay or in different or primarily. yeah, so I cover basically um, Harbor Island, Davis Island, all of South Tampa, uh, over to the Pinellas beaches and everything south of there. Um, I don't go north into Clearwater; traffic's just too bad for me to get there. And um, so I cover that basically that whole southern area. Um, mm -hmm. And those the the size of the houses I have are everything from. Um, three bedroom condos, which are rather large size condos, 5,000 square foot condos. Um, but mostly they're the, you know, five to, in fact, it's probably 3,500 square feet up to 9,000 square feet, anything bigger than that. And it really kind of gets into, um, it takes a team of people um, and it requires too much time that I can devote to just one customer. And there are people that do just that. Um, but that's not my, my business model. I can't tie myself to one person like that. Um, and so, you know, as we, we talked about earlier, I have to start my route again every week. So I have to, you know, figure out what I have to do for that week. I've got appointments that were set up, you know, the week or two before to get some rep re, um, repairs done. Um, so those appointments drive my schedule and they kind of determine, well, I need to be in Tierra Verde Monday at nine o'clock. So I will, kind of organize my my week uh, based on what I what appointments I have and then just kind of work my way to the end and then rinse and repeat rack them and start all over again the next week and you send a weekly checklist to your clients uh, so I develop a weekly checklist oh, for every customer because their houses are all all different um, mm -hmm. their needs are completely different some have boats some have carriage houses some have cars some have golf carts and so the needs of each house is, are completely unique. So I'll develop a checklist when I initially meet the customer, find out what they need. Um, you know, some have prized orchids they need watered or um, just regular house plants that they really don't want to lose. And I find out what their concerns are. And then based on what their house has in it, you know, some of them have three air conditioners, some of them have five. Um, 
we build a checklist for that, that property. Every week I show up, I'm going through that exact checklist, regardless of whatever else they need me to do, because oftentimes there'll be additional follow-on work for basic handyman stuff. You know, the, the door handle came loose. I need to replace that or um, uh, ceiling fans making noise, something like that. Uh, and so I go through that weekly checklist and then I go and do all of my additional handyman stuff. Carry on. And you also have uh, uh, sort of a, some go-to contractors who can do the I do. Yeah. I do. I've, uh, I've spent basically the last five plus years of developing my relationships with some of the best in the Bay. Um, and they're, you know, most electricians are about the same price. So what differentiate them? Well, the, the differentiator is the quality of work that they do and finding the, the people that do the best work that are in, they're the best in their field but they don't charge any more than the other customer. That's what I've been going after is how do I find those guys and how do I set up relationships with them so that when I call them, they knew that um, it's, it's one of my customers homes and the expectation is that I'm going to get the best work that I can for the same dollar that I'd spend anywhere. Um, and you know uh, it's, it's kind of um, hard to, to find um people that are willing to work with somebody when you're um, you're talking about a second home, because then I have to put them in touch with the customer. I can't pay them directly. Um, that takes a little bit of, of um, getting that relationship going. And so I've done that over the last several years and I've got a phenomenal team of people that I use. You know, if I run into something that I don't know about, I can pick up the phone and say, Hey, I, I've got this, a raw water boat wash on a dock. What is it and how do I fix it? Who do I call? And I've yet to really have a problem that I haven't called some of my guys and say, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. And boom, it's done. One thing I thought was really interesting in, in what you sent me was that there's some perks to this. You get to see houses people never see. You get to, sure. to drive there cars that a lot of people never get to drive. You get to ride their elevators, their boats, um, and um, you learn a lot about the latest in uh, automated homes. Sure. But you made the distinction that it's important not to get too overawed by all this, particularly yeah, absolutely. the client. Can you talk absolutely. about that a little bit? Yeah, so you know, most of these customers, um, they're, we're dealing with uh, a lot of wealth. And a lot of, um, you know, they have the latest toys, they have the latest gadgetry, but, you know, they, they don't want to be awed over. They don't want to be drooled over. And you have to really put it out of your mind that, you know, while you want to see that Ferrari and go, oh my God, look at that. You, you can't do that. You, you know, that's, it's, it's tacky. Um, it puts them off. Nobody's at ease. So you kind of just have to put it out of your mind that, wow, these are really cool things, but they're everywhere. So, um, you know, it does take a, a, a bit of reminding yourself that these, they're just regular people, just like anybody else. Um, Your jaw must have dropped more than once though. At, oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Kept it all to yourself when you see something. Can you yep, remember anything absolutely. in particular that was, you really um, pulled it in to sort of know, sort of not to go, oh my God. You know, not really because I just, it's your thing. I've seen, yeah, I've just, you know, I, I don't, I know that I put it in my head at the beginning of, of this when I was new at it to, mm -hmm. to not do it. And so I just made a point of not ever doing it. And then 
within a month you've or uh, a couple of months you've seen so much of it that the doll just kind of it goes to the wayside you don't think about it anymore um i mean there are some really cool things but i don't have any any one that just kind of jumps out i'm not a big car guy even though um it, it, most car guys would be super jealous uh, i'm a motorcycle guy so I don't have, I don't have a lot of customers that are motorcycle people. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, it's just what floats my boat is, is not what floats everybody else's boat. And I just haven't run into things that, um, um, that really jump out to me. Uh, exactly. Now we should talk about the name of your company since there's more than one sure. spouse involved. Uh, sure. Your wife, Joanna is also part of the team. Can you talk about yep. what she does and what she's uh, Yep. So she is currently also, uh, um, well, she's a uh, full-time um, IT person. Uh, she's a DBA. She works for a, a local um, environmental construction company. Um, that's her full-time job, but for, for this company, and the goal is to eventually, she wants to get out of that and retire from it and come help me. Um, but for now, she does uh, a lot of my social media stuff. Um, she does some bookkeeping. She does some cleaning for a few select clients. Um, and she's always there to, you know, if I get in a pinch or there's a, um, uh, an appointment that I either somehow forgot or it's last minute and they can only do it on this certain day, then she can help me with that. Um, so she does help out. Um, the goal is to eventually get her out full time in the field with me. Uh, it's great exercise. Uh, you know, the perks of seeing some of the most amazing sunsets are, are really cool. So she's looking forward to it. Um, she's still doing IT full time right now, but yeah, she's definitely uh, she's definitely looking forward to getting out of the field with me. Can you time your uh, tasks at certain homes so you're there at sunset? I can, I can. I've got uh, you know that's um, when I first take on a house, I kind of estimate how long I think it's going to take me to do that house, um, and so you know because I have to be able to do every home, I can't dally all day i have to to get in get out get my stuff done but i've more or less got all of my houses down to a, a ballpark estimate of how long each one will take um and i have um i, I always had the plan of of taking pictures i've only done it a couple of times whatever reason I, I get there and i'm i'm caught up in the work that i have to do and i don't think about it and then i get home and i went why didn't i take a picture of that sunset um, so yeah, I, I can definitely, I can plan it out. It just almost never happens. I just get caught up in the work. Living in the moment there. Yeah. Well, we should make sure people know how to find you. So, sure. uh, tell us your contact info. Okay. So, uh, my website is spouseswatchinghouses.com and my Facebook page is spouses watching houses, Tampa Bay. That's a mouthful, but it says it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, Instagram too, or uh, uh, I haven't been doing a lot of Instagram. I do have an account, but I really haven't uh, kept up with it. Um, at some point, when I am not focusing so much on growing the business, uh, I'll get into you know letting people see what it actually is that I do all the time. When you have time to take pictures of those sunsets, that could exactly be your first exactly of Instagram pictures. Yep. Well, that's great. Spouseswatchinghouses.com and yep. uh, spousing watches how Spouses Watching Houses Tampa Bay on Facebook. That's uh, right. Scott Johnson, it's 
been a pleasure to talk to you. I, I think you have you too. kind of an enviable job and a necessary job, particularly yes. in the area where we live. So uh, any of you out there who have a second or a third or, I don't know, fourth home, uh, talk to Scott. Scott I'm and amazed. Joanna, they can, it sounds like they're the ones you're going to need to uh, make you feel better about when you're away, especially as we come into the hurricane season. I guess another one more question I was thinking. Speaking sure. is does are there any other special um, steps you're taking or steps your clients want you to take uh, uh, related to uh, the coronavirus? Uh, not necessarily. I did have one customer that uh, you know most of my customers are not here, and when they do come, I have everything set up so I don't need to see them. Um, I don't have to go there and 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 you know, bring any kind of concern to them that I may bring it into their home or something like that. Um, I did have one customer that um, was going to be spending, they wanted to go to their home uh, up, uh, upstate New York, but they were afraid to travel. And it was really bad in New York at the time when it wasn't so bad here. So they decided to stay. I paused their service just out of, you know, an abundance of caution. But outside of that, I haven't really seen you know much difference the projects are ongoing just as as much as they were before and uh, so things really haven't slowed down at all no special sort of house hygiene measures any kinds of treatments or no. anything like that is necessary nope. Nope. no not at all well, that's good well stay safe up there and your Thank travels you. from house to we house and uh i i hope we can speak again Absolutely. And uh, we'll be seeing you in the next issue, I believe, and I, uh, which is our home design issue. So that's uh, right up your alley. And, Looking forward uh, to it. So uh, thanks again. Again, we're, we've been talking to Scott Johnson of Spouses Watching Houses, which I'm eventually going to learn how to pronounce. Uh, spouses Watching Houses. There we go. And um, We'll see you again here next week on Tampa Bay Talks with Front Registry Tampa Bay. Again, I'm David Warner. Thanks a lot for listening or watching or both. <laughs>